Tomorrow morning, the Hamilton Bulldogs are going to announce their new head coach. Remember, George Burnett was shuffled off to Flint, Michigan. He was not really shuffled off to Flint, Michigan. I mean, not in a row, not not directly. He was released from the Bulldogs. He was let go. He was fired. And then the OHL assigned him to go be the general manager of the Flint Firebirds, which, as you may recall from last year, were a complete and utter catastrophic mess. They were, They were essentially the hull of the Titanic, and the rest of hockey was the iceberg. They were a disaster. The owner was firing guys left, right, and center, and the team was in last place, and there's a water crisis. I mean, if there was anything you could have found wrong, it happened to the Flint Firebreaks. Well, that's where George Burnett is. And keep that in mind, that background. Because the Hamilton Bulldogs tomorrow morning, as I say, at 10 o'clock, will be introducing their new head coach. Joining me to discuss him what we know about who it is, and on and on from there. Uh, Terry Pekoski of the Hamilton Spectator. Terry, how are you? Scott, I'm good. How are you? Good. I want to tell people, by the way, that um, uh, you didn't know I was going to mention this. Tomorrow is Terry Pekoski's last day for a few weeks because after tomorrow, she goes off to get married and to become Mrs. Terry Pekoski <laughs> Shepherd. So uh, it's nice of the Bulldogs to actually schedule the hiring of a new coach in time for you to be able to cover it. Well, you know, I, I had a talk with Steve Seos maybe uh, two weeks ago. I ran into him at an event, and I said, for the love of God, I mean, if you're going to do it, just do it before I go so that I can actually cover it. Um, so, you know, props to Steve because he has followed through. But uh, let's be honest. Knowing you and your love for this job and your work ethic, you would have been on your honeymoon filing a story from wherever it is you're going to be honeymooning if the story had happened later. I would, for sure, and uh, it was funny because I was saying to our editor, um, Jeff Day, before I left, I, I was kind of devastated because I have, you know, five story ideas now that I want to work on, um, but I'm not going to be here. So you'll get, uh, you'll get the story tomorrow and the one on Saturday, but unfortunately after that, I'm, I, I'm afraid my soon-to-be husband will cloister uh, <laughs> me, take me, take my computer away. So all those story ideas will have to wait till I get back. Well, and that's probably better, too, because I understand where you're going. There is a lot of red wine available, and, and your story may not be quite as clear as it otherwise would be. No, it might be more exciting, though. <laughs> that's, that could be, too. <laughs> Maybe this is something we should test you on. You know, writing on deadline, a game story on deadline, sober and with a glass of red wine, or two. I think we should, because I, I, to be honest with you, I'd probably write it faster. So, you know. We'll try that. We'll try that. Next we'll, time, when we'll, I get back from my honeymoon, we will do a, a completely objective test to see, you know, what scenario I'm more effective in. We'll ask the, the readers and listeners if they want to guess on which one was which. Exactly. So there is this press conference tomorrow. The Bulldogs have gone into full lockdown radio silence. Uh, nobody from the team is even answering their phones right now to try and make sure that this story does not leak out in any way, shape, or form. But do we know who this person is? Well, we, we know at least, you know, what reports are, and, and they're coming from pretty legitimate sources. So uh, the first person that I saw was Ryan Kennedy, who works for the Hockey News. He's a writer there tweeted um, this morning that uh, John Gruden, who, interestingly enough, it was the head coach in Flint, like Scott was just talking about, um, who was fired not once but twice last season. And uh, yeah, let, Sorry, let's I, stop there for a sec, Terry. we yeah. got we got to back this story up for people who don't know this. He was okay. hired, last year was his first year as a head coach. Yeah. He is hired by the Flint Firebirds, in and Arizona, in the course of a year, yeah. fired twice. 
fired two times, <laughs> rehired in the middle after the players walked out. I'm sure people that re- that, that rings a bell with yes. some people. This is the guy. But it's amazing that you could be a coach for one season, not even one full season, and you were already fired twice. Yeah, it might be a new record. It could be. It could be. Now, that said, and I do want to make it clear so it doesn't make it sound like the Bulldogs, if this is the guy who ends up being introduced tomorrow, they haven't completely lost their noodle. I mean, it's not like the guy is necessarily worthy of two firings in the same year. There were extenuating circumstances with some bizarre ownership stuff going on. Of course, of course, yeah. No, it's, um, and, and he does have some relevant experience that I think, you know, could benefit the Bulldogs if this is the guy who, in fact, is uh, going to end up in town. Um, before he, you know, got hired in Flint, he uh, spent some time, several years, with the U.S. National Team Development Program. So he, he has some experience. He's an American guy. He's from Minnesota. Um, so he has experience south of the border, but he is a, well, I mean, uh, basically a brand newcomer almost to the OHL. Why does the, I mean, other than the experience, why does the U.S. development team experience matter as far as to be a, an OHL head coach? Well, I think that uh, more and more OHL teams are spending more and more draft picks on American players. And American players have a choice between playing, um, I mean, if they're recruited, to play in the U.S. National Development Program, which is kind of, you know, kind of similar to the OHL. It's not as big, um, and it's, it works on a bit of a different system. But they have a choice between that or reporting to their OHL team. Um, and I, I think some, some teams, anyway, are moving in the direction of hiring coaches with a bit more experience in the U.S., to sort of encourage these players to come and play in Ontario rather than going with that national program. Because when you draft one of these American players, because they have the option, they don't necessarily have to come to that OHL team. I mean, a kid from Hamilton, uh, if he wants to play high-level hockey and he's drafted, the OHL is his venue. Or he can hold out, or he can wait and then go to the NCAA two or three years from now. But to play now, if you want to play now, it's the OHL. The Americans have more options than that. They do, and that's a lot of thing with a lot of these national development program players is that they end up going the NCAA route. You can play in one but not the other, so you can't actually play in uh, in both the OHL and NCAA. You, you blow your eligibility as soon as you play, I, I think maybe even as soon as you practice in the OHL, you blow your NCAA um, eligibility. So, you know, for a lot of these kids who, who see college in their future, the U.S. National Development Program is the better way to go because you don't blow your eligibility in the same way. And where this matters for the Bulldogs is they drafted two of their first four picks, but a second-round pick and a third-round pick are American guys who had committed to this program but who are seen as really, really highly touted, highly skilled, impactful players that if you could convince them to come here Mm -hmm. would make a big difference for this team, presumably. It would, and it's worth noting that neither of those guys, um, DJ King and Jacob Pavanka, uh, actually came to the Bulldogs orientation camp, um, which was held for all of the new drafted players and the rookies from last year um, a, a few weeks ago at uh, up at Shadok, I think. Right. Um, and so, so the Americans didn't report. So, I mean, that that is a sign maybe that they need a bit of encouragement to uh, to make the commitment here in Hamilton. Um, so that, you know, this hiring in particular could play a role in, in trying to encourage them to come 
year and play for the OHL team. This is, though, whether it's him, and, and all indications seem to be that it's going to be John Gruden, and also, for the record, for people who know a little bit about sports, this is not John Gruden, who is like Chucky from the NFL, the former coach <laughs> of the Raiders, who is now the analyst. Just just to be clear, it's a different John Gruden. But this is a really important hire for Steve Steos because he's got a team right now that is hopefully ready to peak in a couple of years, which is the same time that we keep hearing the Bulldogs may want to or probably want to make a pitch to host the 2018 Memorial Cup. If he makes the wrong choice here, if he brings in a coach who isn't ready or isn't very good, you've kind of wasted this generation of players. Yeah, you have. And I I think you do see, you know, there there are flashes of talent there. And I think that you need someone who who you have to be confident in can develop that, right? And uh, so that, I think, is one of the more interesting things about this hire because, I mean, uh, there are a couple players who were in Flint this year. Will Bitten is someone who who leaps to mind as, you know, having a a really good season on a team that maybe didn't do so well. But, um, I mean, does he have... You know, is there proof there that he's capable of developing players? Because that's, and in particular, forwards. That's that's really what the Bulldogs need right now. Um, and I'm not sure. I mean, he was a defenseman back in his NHL days. Uh, you know, Troy Smith, the associate coach, which, I mean, who who knows what will happen there. But he he's also a defenseman. So, you know, I'm kind of, I don't know. It, I have to say this hiring came a bit out of left field for me. Well, I mean, if it is, if it is the guy, there are certainly yeah, a lot of questions that have no. There are certainly a lot of questions that are going to have to be answered tomorrow because you're right. Uh, well, Steve Steos had a number of things on a list uh, yeah. that he wanted to be able to check off when he chose a coach. I don't know if you have that in front of you, but what at least what were some of the things that he wanted that he said he wanted to have in his new coach? Yeah, player development was on there, and it was right up at the top, um, which is what sort of came to mind when you asked that last question. But another thing, uh, he was very insistent that he, you know, this be someone who can see themselves being part of the Hamilton community and, you know, be part of the team's sort of philosophy and fit in with what's happening here, which is sort of why I had always thought there would be, you know, a bit of a Hamilton connection with whoever they end up hiring. Um, there really isn't one here with uh with John Gruden, um, although he and Steve Steos do have a bit of history. They played together in Boston, well, played at the same time, I should say, in Boston and in Providence uh, back in the mid-'90s. So there is that sort of connection. I'm sure maybe if they, they did cross paths there, Steve knows something about his character, and maybe this is exactly the type of guy he's looking to lead this team. Um, but I guess we'll find out tomorrow. What, if anything, we just have a minute or so left here. What, if yeah. anything, do you make of the fact that the regular season ended on March 16th? It ended 11 weeks ago. And, you know, if we were going to wait this long for a new coach to be hired, my thought was, well, you know what? There must be some coach who's still coaching. He's in the NHL. He was in the OHL somewhere that he was still active and we're waiting to be able to talk to him this guy's been out. This guy's been done even before then. What took so long? Why? Why do you think we've waited this long? Well, I think I think the Bulldogs, and rightly so, we're we're looking at all their options. I know, um, and Steve himself said several times that he he was eager to wait until you know people's seasons wrapped up to see if there would be an opportunity for guys maybe who were still coaching out there. 
Um, he told me he had more than 50 applicants for this job and at all levels. So he had guys who had coached in the NHL, the AHL, in Europe, um, in you know minor hockey. Uh, it, it really did run the gamut. So if, if this is the guy, I mean... I don't, I don't want to say maybe maybe he's not their first choice, but if this is the guy, I mean, he's, they, they certainly did wait a long time, you know, to to make the decision and to announce it, especially when there were so many other, you know, as, as you know, Steve himself said, sort of high caliber candidates. It is uh, it is going to be very interesting to see if he is the one. And as I said, uh, this is a monumentally important hire. Uh, for Steve Stales with this team right now in a new market trying to build. Uh, This is just one of those choices that you cannot get wrong. So um, hopefully, hopefully it works out, whoever it is, and we will find that out at 10 o'clock tomorrow. And next time, (laughs) after tomorrow's story, next time you read Terry's stuff, it will be, are you going to actually put it as Mrs. Terry Pekoski Shepard in the paper or just go with Terry Pekoski still? Well, you know what? I, I, I have been doing so much stuff to get ready for this wedding and we have so many people in town that we're entertaining that has not even crossed my mind so you you'll still be able to find me as terry pekoski for the sort of immediate future you know what you should really do is change it to be sort of um like the sort of snooty new york times reporters and just have it as t pekoski shepherd I should. That, do something like idea. that. Really change it up and give yourself a real air of, of erudite status. That would, you know, really raise the bar. We'd all have to do that then. Uh, I Terry, think it'll go over, yeah, really well in the spectator sports community. I'm sure it would, yes. No, please don't call me Terry. Call me T. Pekoski. <laughs> uh, Terry Pekoski, always appreciate your time. Thanks for doing this. Thanks, Scott.